Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Coalesce.Earth podcast. This is Emily, and I'm here with Talia, also from Coalesce, the Campus Sustainability Accelerator. We're an organization dedicated to partnering with campuses to co-create cohesive and enduring sustainability initiatives. In addition, and in line with our mission, Coalesce is eager to generate greater connectivity amongst practitioners, thought leaders, and specialized experts to understand the state of campus sustainability field, assess campus needs, and synthesize thinking that can shape and inform the future of campus sustainability. We've got a great interview today. We're joined by Eben, and we'll get to the interview. We're excited to be joined by Eben Goodstein from BART Center for Environmental Policy and BART Sustainability. Eben, welcome to the Coalesce at Earth podcast. Pleasure to be here. Um, so let's start off. We'd, we'd love to hear about your career trajectory. How did you design your career? What's been your path to becoming the director of the graduate education and sustainability at BARD? Well, if you told me someday that I'd be running an MBA program in sustainability in New York City, I would have been very surprised. Um, but somehow I got here. Um, Career trajectory. I grew up in a small town in South Central Tennessee, um, roaming around the mountains and hills, and uh, that developed my love for the outdoors. Um, was a geology major in college, uh, intended to become a scientist, did some work for the U.S. Geological Survey out in Montana and up in Alaska, uh, spent some time in Southern Africa, uh, but uh, basically came back to the U.S., really deciding that I was more interested in, in politics and policy and, and changing the future than I was in, in hard science. And um, so I, I did an economics PhD, um, was a college professor uh, in New York and out in Portland, Oregon for about 15 years and uh, got a little tired of that, uh, was uh, looking to have a bit uh, more impact in my life than, you know, teaching Economics 100. Started a nonprofit organization in the late 90s, uh, really in response to my growing concern about climate change and, and the lack of action in the United States, even in the 90s. Um, and uh, did some interesting stuff through that, through that nonprofit. We, uh, we, uh, we did a lot of speaker training, so we would do weekend training for climate activists who wanted to go back and talk in their hometowns about the need for reducing greenhouse gases. Um, we also did a thing called the Race to Stop Global Warming, which was um, uh, supposed to be like a race for the cure. Kind of a, uh, vision was that there'd be you know tens of thousands of people running through the streets with the Race to Stop Global Warming t-shirts on. Uh, we got pretty far with that. We actually built it to an eight-city race in 2004 in Portland and Boston, and we were running in Central Park and Presidio in San Francisco and the Loop in Chicago. But uh, we never quite made money, and it was getting too big to be one of those things where you're not making money because uh, losing a 10% on a, uh, a business like that gets to be pretty serious. Uh, so we shut it down, uh, continued doing organizing. We ran some big national teach-ins on global warming solutions through our nonprofit uh, in 2008, one that involved about 2,000 colleges, universities, high schools, faith and community groups. Um, and then in 2009, I left college teaching and moved to BARD to uh, run the graduate programs in sustainability. Um, so 
that's how I got here. We, we founded the NBA. There wasn't an NBA program. So we started that in 2012. Um, and uh, that's the story. That's great. That's and um, so we, re we read your article from College to Sustainability Careers in Four Steps. And you explore these three bucket areas for sustainability careers. And I do want to circle back to the MBA program at Bard in a second. Um, and you, you say that the three buckets in the article are education, business, and policy. Could you describe these three buckets and why you've chosen to categorize them in this way? Yeah. I mean, just to step back a minute from that, I mean, I, th I think that our work is motivated by this extraordinary moment in which we're living. Uh, you know, 10,000 years of human history are crashing in the next three decades. And collectively, we've got to figure out, you know, how we're going to meet the needs of what will soon be 10 billion people in a world where, you know, the seven and a half billion alive today, barely half of those folks are, are getting by. And everybody's aspiring to a good quality of life. And uh, we're already fighting over water and oil and topsoil and fish and forests and biodiversity. And the planet's getting hotter all the time. Um, so that's the moment that we're living in, and there are many people, young people and, and older people, that recognize that, and they want to be part of a different future, and they want to build careers um, where, on a day-to-day -day basis, they're working and getting paid to, to, you know, figure out how we're going to get humanity through this bottleneck, and having thought about it, there's really three broad categories of work that you can do to change the future. Um, education uh, is the first, so that's, that's changing people's minds. Um, changing the rules is second, so that's policy. Uh, you know, getting rid of bad laws and regulations and putting in place good laws and regulations that drive the kind of sustainable behavior that we need. Um, and then the third avenue is transforming organizations because, you know, no matter what people think and regardless of what the rules are, at the end of the day, we've got to concretely figure out how to put food on the table, uh, keep the lights on, get our health care, uh, and do that for 10 billion people. And what that means is that businesses have got to radically redesign what they're doing. Right? We've got to be able to deliver those goods and services in ways that uh, have dramatically lower environmental and ecological footprints, uh, but also in ways that are treating the communities that businesses touch, whether those are suppliers or employees or, or workers or consumers or, or, or financiers, um, in, uh, with justice and with respect. Because you can't have a company that is environmentally sustainable that's not also um, socially sustainable. Um, you know, sustainability means being able to do the same thing year after year, be able to produce those goods and services. Um, and, uh, and companies really need to reinvent themselves uh, uh, so that they are solving social, the social environmental challenges that we face. They've, they've got to make money, obviously because they're companies and they've got to pay their workers and get resources to scale. But the challenge that we're facing on the business side is how do you actually build a business that's in business to solve these problems? And that is continuously reducing footprint and is also continuously thinking how to uh, better serve the communities in which it operates. 
that was that was beautifully said. Um, we couldn't be more on the same page with you. Um, and what the question that's coming to my mind is, okay, education, change, changing minds, businesses ra radically need to be organized differently, um, and policy changing the rules. How can MBA programs and the MBA program at Bard really prepare students within these three bucket areas? And, and what skills exactly, just to build yeah. off Talia's question, what skills are you equipping these students with? What, yeah, are, what are the really, most valuable skills? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and we actually offer three different graduate degree programs at BART. So on the education side, we have an MED in environmental education, a master's in education in environmental education. On the policy front, we have MS degrees, master's of science degrees in environmental policy and climate science and policy. And then the MBA in sustainability is our business degree. Okay. So those are the three ways to change the world. Education, you know, changing minds, you know, policy changing the rules, and business changing the way business does business. Um, and they really are three different skill sets, obviously. Um, and so these graduate programs are really designed to help students develop in those different spaces. Um, on the policy side, we have... Well, the, the thing that, that, that actually uh, cross-cuts across these different curricula, and really if you want to think about being a sustainability worker and you're looking for an educational opportunity, it really needs to have some very deep experiential component, uh, and particularly at the graduate level. You can't learn to be a sustainability professional in the abstract. Uh, you've got to actually have a real-world problem to get your hands around to understand how the academic studies feed into this, because sustainability is fundamentally a problem-solving discipline. This is true at the undergraduate level as well, but really at the graduate level. So what we've done with our policy program is that we've actually built a curriculum around an extended four- to six-month high-level professional internship. So all of our policy students, they take a year of integrated first-year coursework, but in the second year they're off in South Africa or Geneva or Thailand or uh, California or Texas or Washington, D.C. or New York or here in the Hudson Valley working on a real-world problem. Um, and then uh, while they're away on that internship, they're developing a thesis idea with their, with their advisor. They get back in January. They've got a 25-page paper due. And then they flesh that out into a capstone project. So in the second year of our policy program, as well as in our MBA program and our MED program, our students are wrestling both through, you know, substantive experience, four to six months, and substantive, you know, six-month academic reflection on a big real-world problem and developing mastery, which you really should expect in a master's program, over a subfield of kind of the sustainability landscape. So in my mind, good graduate education and good undergraduate education in sustainability has got to be organized around some fundamental uh, and deep kind of experience. On the MBA side, we do that not through an internship, but uh, through a consulting program. So in the first year of our MBA program, we do something that nobody else does anywhere, which is we offer a year-long course in sustainability consulting called New York City Lab where the students um, uh, from day one they haven't even had any business courses yet, but they're put on a team of four or five students, and they're working for a real-world business on a sustainability challenge. Uh, this year we work for Etsy, Eileen Fisher, 
the New York uh, City fleet on their electric vehicles program and um, a pharmaceutical company out west that was trying to solve a sustainability risk supply chain issue. We worked for Siemens Wind, JetBlue, Con Ed, Unilever, HSBC, as well as smaller companies. But all of our students start their business education with a big, hairy, audacious problem that they've got to solve. Um, now, it's carefully mentored. Um, and because we're in New York and we have a low residency program, we have amazing practitioner faculty who can guide the students through this program. In particular, the New York City Lab program is taught by a woman named Laura Gitman, who is the head of the New York office of BSR, which is the biggest and oldest sustainability company, consulting company in the world. Um, so that's the level of kind of guidance our students are getting. But they're doing projects for clients, and at the end of that first year, they've got to report on those. In the second year of the MBA, like with the policy program, there's a nine-credit, independent, individually mentored capstone where students either develop their own business or else work towards an extended internship uh, to, again, to develop mastery over their subfield of business that, that they're interested in, whether that's, you know, strategy and consulting or uh, marketing or um, uh, uh, operations, whatever they want to pursue in that space. So uh, just, again, kind of getting back to it, I think that graduate education in this space really has to be, it has to engage with real-world problems, put students in that environment, but in a mentored way where they can learn to solve problems and bring their academics to bear. You asked me about skills. Do you want me to talk about those? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Okay. So these different approaches, these different buckets, education, policy, and business, all have different skill sets that you need to master. Um, and on the policy front, it's really uh, a combination of science, economics, and pol politics and law. Um, that's at the heart of our curriculum. So... Policy has got to be science-based. If you're going to change the rules, you've got to have a good understanding of the underlying science that justifies the rule. Um, you also need to have a solid understanding of economics to be able to understand how, if I change the rules, so let's say I impose a carbon tax, I have some understanding of how people are going to respond to those changed incentives. And then finally, you have to have the politics and the law to be able to understand how you assemble the coalitions to change the rules. So what we do in our, in our policy program is an integrated core curriculum where students take a year of environmental or climate science, a year of environmental and natural uh, resource economics, and a year of environmental law or climate law and politics. Um, a semester of statistics and econometrics because that's the language of, of science and economics, and then also a course in GIS. Our students also all go to Mexico for 10 days in January to sort of apply these ideas in the context of a developing country situation. They go to Oaxaca and look at water, food, and energy systems and how state actors but also nonprofits are trying to drive policy change in that environment. Um, and it's also an integrated curriculum. So when you're doing air and atmosphere in your science class, you'll do that in your economics class and your law and policy class, similarly with agriculture or urban planning, so that you're learning how to bring these disciplines to bear uh, together in a problem-solving environment. So that's the essence of a policy curriculum, okay? Yeah. That's what you need to learn to change the rules. The business side, we have three verticals in the business world in our curriculum. The first is sustainability vision. 
right? So how do you see profitable business opportunities where other people see social and environmental costs? That's thing one we teach. Mm -hmm. Thing two is leadership, right? So once you've seen that, once you have that vision and you have that business model for sustainability, how do you engage other people in that? Now, other business schools teach leadership, but not the way we do because it's a harder project, right? I mean, traditional business schools teach you how to lead people towards profitability and growth and whatever. But we have to teach our students how to lead people towards sustainable profitability and growth. And that involves personal leadership development, organizational leadership, human resource management, strategy. Um, and then the final bucket is just business literacy. So how do you execute once you have that vision and once you've got the, um, um, once you've got the um, uh, 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 team assembled, how do you actually execute against that? And that's the economics and the strategy and the uh, the accounting and the marketing and, and the operations, all of that core business content. So those are the three pieces of our curriculum. And we teach economics and marketing and strategy and accounting, uh, but every course is wrapped around this idea of how do I use those tools to build a mission-driven business. The education side, it's, it's a mix of science and sort of uh, courses in uh, you know, things like early childhood development, adolescent psychology, um, uh, and, um, and the pedagogy that's emerged around place-based education, um, which is sort of fundamental to environmental and sustainability education. So those are the, those are the different skills that we seek to engage our students with so that they can develop mastery in these different spaces. That's great. Um, one thing that that's coming to my mind that I'm a little stumped around, and I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts even on this, is that this, these programs and how they're designed sound fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then once a student graduates, you know, they're going. I I fear that there's there's businesses that are operating as conventional businesses that they are not really radically different environments for these new students to go and make a difference in. And there seems to be you know, a, a rise in benefit corporations and mission-driven companies. However, there seems to be a major gap. There's tons of businesses that are very profit-driven and very conventionally run. And then I would say there there's more and more social businesses with social missions. Um, but how do you think about where graduates go and their ability to create change? Yeah. Um, on the business side, our graduates are going to go into four directions. Um, one is they're going to work as entrepreneurs. And they're going to build their own companies. And we've got some great examples of that. Um, the second route is that they're going to pursue uh, traditional business roles, but in the context of a company they believe in, a mission-driven company. Yeah. So we've got people who are, you know, chief operating officer at Harlem Grows and a marketing director at a big animal welfare rights organization. One guy's a car salesman. He got his MBA from us. He sells cars. He's a great car salesman, best in the Northeast. And he does it for Tesla. Right. So his vision is he wants to be in strategy, but 
for now, he's just doing business, traditional business role, but in a company he believes in. The third role is um, working in uh, a sustainability role, either in a traditional business or in one that is more emission-driven. So we have a graduate who's sustainability director at Pratt Whitney, the big engine manufacturer. Another one who kind of created his own job as head of innovation at ING, the finance firm. Um, and then the final role is sustainability management consulting. Mm -hmm. And because we teach that, we have a whole year-long course in it, and also because we're in New York, our students have been very successful in that space. So we placed people last year, for example, at KPMG, um, uh, BSR, Futura, Carbon Disclosure Project, and that's where you're working helping a variety of companies along their sustainability journey. Okay. Now, you're right that a lot of organizations are not attuned to this, but increasingly they are. I mean, it's really interesting. This last year, for the first time, the Harvard Business Review, when they selected their top 100 companies in the uh, world, top CEOs, they used environmental social governance rankings in con uh, conjunction with conventional financial metrics. Um, and they actually asked the top CEOs, the top three in the world, you know, how do you think about ESG? Is it important to you? And every one of them said, yes, absolutely. Because he said, our people have to know what our social environmental mission is. Because we have to align our staff around that. Without a social mission, it's very hard to get people on board with what we're doing. Um, we have to uh, attract millennials who want to work in this space. And our consumers care increasingly. Okay? So what's interesting is that this language of purpose and mission-driven business is very mainstream now. It's not about maximizing shareholder value anymore. But it's not clear that anybody's training people how to do this you know, except for BART and a few other schools. I mean, every MBA program in the country now has got a class or two in sustainability or something. But 90% of what they're going to teach is still single bottom line, make as much money as you can without breaking too many laws kind of business because that's what their faculty understand. Business is moving in this space because they recognize that that social environmental mission is becoming increasingly central to what businesses are supposed to be doing. But... Um, so, so what we see is that the future is very bright for people that actually understand this stuff. Now, that doesn't mean taking a course or two. It means really understanding how you manage firms to a, approach social environmental mission and also achieve financial success. So we're talking about careers, innovation, leadership, MBAs. How are these skills or how are your students and graduates from BARD, are any of them working in innovation and sustainability in higher ed or other schools? And, and how are they applying this to, to the education sector in addition to the private sector? I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that question. Can you repeat it one more time? Sure. So BARD's MBA is equipping students with leadership and innovation skills and the knowledge to be successful in the ESG field, the sustainability field, and really build on those values in the private sector, it sounds like. And I'm wondering if any of them are going into the education sector and how they're, how they're moving forward with and embedding um, the lessons and the skills learned in your program in the education space. Not as, not as educators or teachers, but okay. as a business or in another way. Yeah. Yes, uh, there are a few of our MBAs who have gone into the education world. 
Um, one of our MBA students, uh, MBA graduates, for example, is a professor um, at Bennington College, and his capstone project explored essentially how to create a, an incubator uh, that uh, is encouraging students to engage with design um, as undergraduates and really think about, you know, how do I apply my undergraduate skills directly to solving problems in the world through design? Um, and how do I, you know, sort of tangibly take my ideas and turn them into prototypes and, and businesses? Another one of our students uh, for his MBA project um, ran a business plan for an innovative high school in Baltimore, an early college high school. Uh, Bard College runs early college high schools where students receive associate's degrees when they graduate from high school. These are regular public schools, but they're staffed in part by, you know, PhD academics. And, um, and this student did the business plan for the Baltimore school, which is subsequently opened. Um, and he's now assistant director of that school, uh, and, uh, is teaching economics, uh, from, you know, uh, a sustainability perspective as part of the curriculum. I mean, what's so interesting to me, and I don't know the question to address it, is that I, you know, how it, I, for me, I feel like you shouldn't have to have a sustainability MBA. Those skills should just be implied in an MBA. If you're trying to do good business, that is innovation. That is using resources efficiently. Right. And I don't know if there's a question around that where we could hear your thoughts, but it's just, you know, I shouldn't have to apply if I were to apply for an MBA to a sustainability specific one. I should be able to go to any of these MBAs and know that those principles integral to sustainability are embedded throughout the program. Is there anything to that vein that you'd like to speak to, or is that an observation you you share? Um, so you might think that if you were to go to any MBA, you you ought to uh, develop the skills to operate a business sustainably. Right, because sustainability is about resource efficiency. It's about systems thinking. Uh, it's about planning for the future. It's about addressing risk. Um, but the reality is that just ain't so. I mean, uh, if you think about kind of what a conventional business curriculum is, I mean, it's it's something that's evolved very slowly over the 20th century. Uh, much of what's taught is kind of what the professors were taught, because that's the way education works. Um, and the focus has really been very narrowly on maximizing profits in the short run. And the conventional view is that social and environmental issues um, are best addressed by government, um, and business should keep its head down and not pay attention to the external environment. Now, that's a short-sighted view. Um, ability of businesses to maximize profits for their shareholders, in the, you know, and that's it. Um, but, uh, you know, these days that ain't so. And, um, you know, as, as I mentioned, the Harvard Business Review is, you know, integrating ESG factors into considering who their top companies in the world are. Uh, ask any CEO about social environmental purpose. They can talk eloquently about that right now. Um, but the training in business schools remains very narrow. Um, and what we do with our students, instead of thinking about environmental and social factors as externalities, you know, that the government's supposed to regulate, our students are looking to, at those as how do, those are problems that we should be able to profitably solve, mm -hmm. you know, as businesses ourselves. 
So you look at a Nike or a Levi's who's looking at their water use in developing countries and saying, you know, we're one of the biggest sources of water pollution in the developed world. Now, they could just pat themselves on the back and say, you know, but we're good corporate citizens. We're obeying the laws in Vietnam or Cambodia or wherever, right? Or they could say, no, we're actually going to fix this problem and we can innovate and we can develop a waterless dying process, which they've done, and we can figure out how to uh, move that out through our systems and make money by embracing this kind of technological leadership. Now, that kind of thinking doesn't come naturally, right? It's the kind of thinking that has to be, uh, you have to engage with that. You have to think about that in business school if you're going to actually execute on that when you leave business school. And there's very few programs that give you that kind of, of training. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we definitely need interventions um, and new frameworks and be trained to think differently and to account for, for different things while we make decisions, whether that's in policy or education or business. Um, so th this is making a lot of sense. Yeah, even before we wrap this up, any any words of advice to um, MBA students or sustainability professionals or recent grads or any other parting words of wisdom you want to share on the podcast? Well, the one thing I wanted to, to get that, which I didn't, which is that I think that the job landscape uh, for the policy students is actually quite strong as well. Um, so our policy students are going into government because that's where the rules get set. So that's at the international level, UN, national governments, maybe not so much the next few years as we're kind of rolling back laws and regulations instead of improving them, but certainly state and local. And you're seeing already a big surge in state and local interest in uh, environmental and social uh, protection as the federal government steps back in Washington right now. So the government avenue is still very live, um, very interesting space to be working in. A lot of our students, though, are working in the private sector because, you know, sustainability directors, chief sustainability officers, those folks um, have got, uh, they're basically doing internal organizational policy change, right? They're trying to green the operation. So if you're in a uh, college or university, your sustainability director is trying to get folks to eat more local and organic and reduce energy use and cut carbon footprint and save water. That's policy work. And uh, our policy graduate programs prepare students for that kind of work. And then, of course, there's the in-between space in the NGO world where you're typically educating, advocating, and lobbying to change the rules in government at the state and local level, federal and international, or to change the rules in business. So Greenpeace is always lobbying to get Citibank, for example, not to lend to coal plants in developing countries. And our policy students do very well in the job market because they're coming out with a strong academic training as well as that experiential piece that I talked about that's so critical to sort of building your resume and launching your, your career and, and building the network that you know, opens the doors that gets you into the positions that, you're, that you want to pursue. You know, broadly speaking, you know, this is a growth area, uh, unfortunately for the planet, but, you know, fortunately for students that want to work in this space. Um, the challenges that we face are real, uh, growing. Um, the, I think the most underreported fact of the last couple of years is that uh, since 2014, the planet has heated up half a degree Fahrenheit. 
quarter degree centigrade in three years. Wow. Now, that number is going to sawtooth down, we hope, a little bit because we've had three successive record-breaking years in a row. But that's indicative of the changes that we are dialing up in the 21st century, and we've got to figure out how to change direction. And the good news is, you know, that there's lots of work to be done. And the exciting work is that there's lots of work to be done. And I work, I have good fortune to work with young people uh, in the policy space, in the education space, in the business space, who are embracing innovation and they're looking for ways to make a difference at scale in a hurry because we don't have a lot of time. And, um, and what is exciting is just to see the level of interest, engagement, uptake around impact finance, around uh, circular economy, uh, or innovation, uh, around clean energy, around you know water technologies for developing countries, around uh, women's empowerment, around um, uh, social inclusion, just all kinds of great ideas that are emerging uh, out of graduate programs across the country that I feel have the potential to really change the future. There is a lot of work to be done, that's for sure. And it is exciting that people are rolling up their sleeves and diving in. This is an opportunity. If we all can grasp that opportunity and train ourselves um, with, with real, real experience and problem-solving skills, we can do this. Yep. We can do it. Um, Eben, thank you so much for your time on the podcast and, and sharing your, your thoughts on, on education and, the, you know, really painting the, the picture of how we're going to equip graduates to lead in the 21st century. My pleasure, Lee. To sum up our conversation with Eben, many people recognize our current challenges, especially millennials and want to be part of a different future and build careers where they're contributing to transitioning humanity into a new operating system. Eben's article, From College to Sustainability Careers in Four Steps, is a great read for everyone and succinctly outlines three bucket areas, education, policy, and business, through which individuals can shape our present and future for the better. The three bucket areas, again, are education, which is about changing people's minds, policy, which is about changing the rules, and business, changing the way business does business, transforming organizations, essentially. Most of our conversation centered around Bard's MBA program. So to summarize, Eben says that we need to radically redesign what we're doing, and that rather than focusing on short-term profits, companies need to reinvent themselves to solve social and environmental challenges, which he says are inextricably linked, and harness savings through increasing their efficiency, reducing carbon footprints, and investing in their communities in which they serve. Sustainability is essential in doing good business. With regards to learning business, we need to redesign curricula to reflect the needs of the 21st century economy. Most MBAs have faculty that are teaching business the way that they were taught business. Times have changed and curricula should reflect this. According to Eben, a good MBA program is one that emphasizes experiential learning. After all, sustainability can't be learned in the abstract. And where sustainability concepts are woven throughout the development of analytical and technical skills, such as finance, marketing, accounting, and more. The BART MBA also builds three core competencies. Sustainability vision, how do you see profitable business opportunities where others see social environmental costs. Leadership, once you have the vision and the business model, how do you engage other people. 
and business literacy. How do you execute on the vision and once you have those leadership skills? Thank you so much for listening to the Coalesce.Earth podcast. Of course, we welcome you to reach out with comments, questions, ideas, responses. I can be reached at emily at coalesce.earth. Thanks so much for tuning in and hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.